It's time for To The Max Sports, where we talk about sports. They're just two guys, Max and Drew, in a bar talking all things sports. Well, without the bar. And the beer. Wait, why aren't we in the bar? Hello, 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 and welcome to To The Max Sports. Y'all know what time it is. Time for To The Max Sports. Something like that. Good morning, good morning. Coming to you live from the Flying Whipper Production Studios out of sunny San Antonio, Texas. Is it sunny this morning? Really? No, it's Seattle, Texas today. Or Seattle, Washington. Uh, little rainy. I got my angry bird to match my per- lovely personality. Yep, that's, that is the angriest bird. Matching eyebrows. Why is he wearing rubber? <laughs> because well, that's the only place he can fit. Maybe he's getting ready to have sex. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Now, okay. Um, going into... Um... So anyway, a <laughs> uh, couple things. Max, or Max, Bob, <laughs> do you have the I don't care? Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Really? I don't care! <laughs> Apparently, Jim Harbaugh got bum-rushed at the NFL owners' meetings after it got disclosed by Lamar himself that he had requested a trade a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That was March 2nd. He requested a trade on March 2nd. He waited until March 28th to say something about it. Yeah, you, you just need to say uh, he needs an agent. He does. He should have told someone in Congress. They would have leaked it hours <sighs> later. He turned down the three-year, $133 million mm-hmm. guaranteed, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it wasn't guaranteed. That's that's been the thing for the him. Point? That's the sticking point. Quarterback, I and I didn't realize this. I thought Watson was the only one with a fully guaranteed contract. Kirk Cousins got a fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, he kind of set the precedent for these outrageous. You know, if Cousins can get it, and I'm sure Lamar is looking at, you know, doing an Allen Iverson. You know, Cousins. But Cousins? the way that Cousins got it was he was tagged twice, and then yeah. he had an agent that negotiated. Mm-hmm. That's why he got his money. Just like, you know, Patrick Mahomes got his money through an agent. It goes back to Lamar Jackson. I, I Great guy. MVP. I get it. I get it. He needs an agent. Well, I've heard a lot of teams are saying, hey, we won't even talk to him without an agent to protect not only us, but to protect him. To protect him. Absolutely. At the end of the day, it's still a business. Is that correct? Yep. He needs an agent, guys. He really does. I mean, it's sad, but but his mom, I know that she's his agent, but he needs an agent. And let me tell you, really a generational, incredible athlete, won the MVP a couple years ago. I mean, I think he makes any team he he signs with an instant contender. Mm, Maybe, depending if the system he's going into is a match for his game style, his play playing style. Yeah, to quote Harbaugh, Harbaugh even mentioned during that bum rush that uh, they they factored everything and they they put the team around him – so they could set everything up so it would work for him. And, again, he said he loves him. The The Baltimore Ravens love him. The city loves him. Everybody loves him. He loves them. Uh, let's get this done. But, man, he needs an agent. Well, rumor has it Baltimore is kind of working behind the scenes to develop another package for him. But where would he go? I mean, if you're Baltimore and you decide, hey, you know, we're, we're going to – I think I'm not sure where they, they stand in the draft this year. I have two teams. The first one? Indianapolis Colts. 
they can come up with something and he can make them better. But the one that I would love to see, and I have it here on my notes that I wanted to talk about today, but man, the Washington commanders are going to be sold for around 6 billion with a B. Oh my now, God. Wouldn't that be great? If, a way to if, make a splash. Wouldn't that be great if Danny would go in there, Dan Schneider would say, let's sign this guy. <laughs> <laughs> on my way out, he pretty much give the rest of the owners. I'll tell you what, they could be a good fit because they've got a decent offense. They do. Their defense is not bad. They they were competitive last year. They have a nice running game. They, they need a quarterback. It, to, to your point, Max, I think it would be a very interesting FU. Thank you. To the league and to the other owners no. to basically throw another poison pill. So now, I mean, you, you can say that Deshaun Watson was a mistake. You could kind of say Kirk Cousins was a was an interesting thing, but if you do a third one, yeah, it sets a precedent. Oh yeah, because he's well, if you if, yeah, if you want to throw your middle finger to the league, just do some contract that's so crazy that Burroughs is going to get six hundred million for five years. <laughs> Not just the league, yeah, yeah. but that as, as Drew stated, that middle finger to Roger Goodell is like here on your way out. <laughs> this is what I'm giving you. Wouldn't he, that be great? I mean, he's already said he's he's got stuff. He he's does. got stuff. He does he does? So I it, I don't know, I don't know if he's a fit for that offense. To be really really honest with you, but it would be scary. I, I, I would say of of the teams that need quarterbacks to put him in that, I think it fits better in Indy right now. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But uh, I'd but, love to see that. Though. But to your point, I don't care. <laughs> it. It very much surprises me, and it surprises me and doesn't surprise me. It actually disappoints me. We spent more time this week watching the ESPN sports shows and spend more time listening to Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson craziness where nothing is happening than we have about any of the women's Final Four. That's true, but you and, know, ratings do drive television. My Buckeyes went pretty deep. My yeah, and, yeah, and you have Caitlin Clark, who yes. is a generational talent in women's basketball. She's special. She's very special. Going off right now. I mean this this is some unbelievable basketball being played right now. And just watching the highlights, why aren't we watching? This is great basketball being no, played by an individual. Yeah, she's yeah. good. I kind of got into women's softball last year. It was fun. It was entertaining. Yeah. So, it is. Uh, you know, they're making strides. Um, so we have the men's final four coming up this weekend. The mm-hmm. craziest, most wide open tournament in all of history. Let's talk about the epic Texas collapse. My goodness. I'm kind of stoked because I live here in San Antonio, as we all do. And I'm like, man, cool. Team down the road. You get to watch them play in Houston. Houston's going to love it. They're right down the road. Huge fan base. And they said right now the Houston ticket sales be go. <laughs> that were once through the roof of just. Oh yeah. Can oh we, yeah. Can we go back? That call on Cunningham. That was embarrassing. That should have never been made because he was boxing out and that's all he did. And when they called that a foul, which turned everything around, let me explain. So the guy from Miami would have fouled out. He ends up making two free throws Changes the game. I don't know if you guys watched that play, but I re- I watched it about five, six times. Yeah. That was not a foul. And for them that call that, people say, well, you know, you can still win the game. I understand all that. But when you yeah. talk about momentum, they changed everything. 
That was shameful. That was just not not necessary. See, but unlike football, I do believe a call can change an outcome. That that was a bad call, but at that point, you're still up 11 points. I mean, there's no the you, game was they, they, they went up. Window. Miami went up. Yeah, in, well, the, in the last but, six minutes. But prior to that, they blew a 13 point lead with like. Yeah, like that's because probably. they stopped dri- they stopped driving to was the basket. It coaching? Was it coaching or was it the players? Man. Some people are saying, you know, the coach just kind of, they kind of stopped that attack mode. And went I, in I, I, think I, I think I said it uh, a little clearer. I'll, I'll make it clearer this time. Uh, when the referee started calling those plays because the Longhorns are driving into the paint and they put this guy, uh, he had four fouls. And what they did is they changed the game and started calling the other way, if you go back and look at the stats, not just because it's UT, not just because it's Austin. I'm not saying that. Go back and with your own eyes, be, don't be biased. I mean, be biased. I mean, don't be biased. Just kind of watch it a little bit, step back, and then just watch this game go, wow, man. Now that I, ha- I don't have any interest in it now, you can sit back. It's like, those are some bad calls, man. Even San Diego State, that was a bad call. Yeah, which... Um... I mean, I'm trying to wrap my head around this whole narrative of bad officiating. I mean, I, I have a friend who's always railing against bad officiating. And even in, there was one game with team lost by like 20. And he's like, oh, the referees are, are biased towards him. I'm like, I don't know. If you lose by 20, it's not the referees. But I listened to something, uh, it was probably six, nine months ago. And there are camps out there for pros, for NBA professionals to go to, which are put on by former NBA officials, which teach these players how to frame a foul, how to know, know in space where the referees are, what they can and cannot do, and what they should or should not do to position their body in certain ways to make it look like a foul or make it not look like a foul. Yeah. So I don't have the time nor the motivation to really do this, but I kind of want to, which is to sit and watch the game and and see where the referees are in space where their eyes are looking and then really dive into, okay, did they botch? Why did they botch the call? Because I don't think the referees that are refereeing the elite eight are not bad officials. They're not bad officials. They're not. Uh, One of the things Monday morning when I woke up, I couldn't sleep. I know it bothered me that much, Drew, but I woke up at five and I started listening to Jay Keyshawn and Max uh, Kellerman on ESPN Jay Williams, the guard out of Duke, right? Great player at Duke. Awesome. Goes to the Chicago Bears. But he, he talked about Bulls. one of the, the Bulls. Yes, right. That's right. You're, you're, you're right. Well, he was talking about when he was at Duke and he was covering one of the guys. They were in the Final Four. And Coach K called a timeout and said, hey, stop this guy. Grab him. Put your elbow into him. They're not calling it. They're not calling it. Jay Williams, quote, said, quote, Coach, the referee just pulled me aside and said, I'm going to call it next time you put your elbow in his chest. I'm going to call it. Stop doing that. And he's like, well, uh, uh, you, you didn't call it in the beginning. Now you're going to call it. And he says, I already warned you. If you put your elbow in his chest, I'm going to call it. So coach K said, what? So coach K paused and kind of looked at the ref was like, if you're going to call it in the beginning of the game, call it at the end, at the end of the game. But if you're going to call it at the end of the game and not in the beginning of the game, Again, I understand what they're saying. But I think that's smart of a coach to, to recognize, may, maybe have to recognize a foul and say, hey, keep an eye on this. They do it in football. No, no, no it's reverse. The referee told Jay Williams to stop doing it because now he's going to call it. Well, yeah, But he let Jay Williams yeah. play that defense because he was always a great defensive player, but now he's going to change it at the end of the yeah. game. And that's what Coach K got upset and Jay Williams. And when I heard that, 
I, I, I started clapping. I said, hallelujah. Same thing. I yeah. understand it's not part of them dictating the game, but be consistent is and, what I'm saying. And, and, but, but I wonder. Because that coach yeah. for, for UT called a great game to get this guy fouled out, and they went after him. But then the yeah. referees changed it yeah. to protect the guy and keep him in the game. I think the problem since time in memoriam, the biggest conundrum in sports is the human element of, you know, I had a guy tell me one time he, he was a ref. He goes, I, I could literally call offensive holding in football every play. You know, he goes, yeah. you just, it's, there's just that. Until and, we get rid of the human element, which we're kind of doing in baseball, just because of the way the game's designed but, in tennis, they don't even have the guys. Now you won't see players anymore in tennis arguing about a call anymore, which is kind of nice. It would killed Macro back in the day because now it's automatic. Yeah, you it can hits see it. Them I like that. But, I like that. But those are but those are purely objective calls. Balls and strikes. Once once you define exactly what the strike zone is, is a purely objective call. Mm-hmm. When when a shot goes off in someone's hands in reference to the to the clock, purely objective call. Holding, charging, blocking, mm-hmm. carrying. You know, all of that stuff, traveling, those are not purely objective calls. You need the human doing it. And I wonder for, you know, to your to your comment, Max, the consistency, is it merely the referee starts the game and it's and and the conduct of the players starts and it's just just kind of on the borderline and the referee's like, okay, I don't want to call that, don't want to interrupt the flow of the game. And it just slowly gets worse. And it slowly gets worse. And it slowly gets worse. It's it's like driving on the highway. You know, I get cut off. Okay, I get cut off again. <gasps> I get cut off again. I'm getting a gun. So, it, so is the referee just going? I've had enough, and falling I need to down. shut this down. Michael Douglas yeah. falling down. Well, you know who's got the best seat in the house to watch fouls and call them <laughs> is you. So why not have? We've talked about it up in the Eagles' nest. A ref that can can signal down to me. Hey, you know this was our. Why not have a sky ref? I, I kind of like that. Maybe it was Bob, what Bob was saying so too. But with, with technology nowadays, let's say that as soon as that play was called, after every play, it doesn't matter what sport it is, we can watch it in 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 in, in quick time. We can watch and go, hey man, that wasn't the foul. That wasn't a foul. And click in the ref's ears, like, hey, I know you guys just called the timeout, but that wasn't a foul. Just kind of be careful. This is what we saw. But again, you made the call. It's up to you. At the end of the day, that's your call. So a co- uh, a ref up there coaching the refs, and that's yeah. ne- not necessarily a bad idea. Mm-hmm. The thing that's really driving me crazy and the biggest buzzkill is I'm watching these games. The momentum's going back and forth. It's exciting. And then they spend five minutes determining that the UConn basketball player was the last one to touch the ball, which I saw in the first replay. It's it's really just draining the excitement out of some of these games, these three and four minute sideline yeah. replays. It's, it, 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 it's a balance thing. Yeah, I mean it's a balance thing. Do do you do you not interrupt the flow and let a, and let a call not be overturned? Do you spend a lot of time and interrupt the flow to ensure that the right call is made or, and what's, what's the proper amount of time? I guess my biggest beef is I don't mind making sure the right call is made, but good Lord, does it take five minutes to see what I just saw in the first, you know, it's, it's, I, and, and, it's the, and, and quite honestly, it looks bad with the refs all huddled. 
again, they should have a sky ref. That the ref just kind of gather in the middle of the court, and then if someone chirps in their ear, hey, it's yeah. Connecticut. That, that's when it touched the ball. Let's move on. Let's get this thing going. Speaking about moving on, I like this segment. Okay, I love what baseball's doing today. Is a uh, baseball is today is opening day. Opening I, day, and it's not April yet. Did you guys hear they put pizza boxes in the, on the field? Big, big plates, pizza boxes. So that's good. And they, explain this one to me, Drew. They don't have the shift anymore. What does that mean? Yeah. So you know, it's, it's, I'm glad you asked. I was reading about that. So they do have. What's going on now is you got to have two players on both sides, one right of second base, one left. With at least one foot with at least one in, foot the dirt. in the infield. Now, what's interesting is you can shift your outfielders as long as they're in the grass. They can't come. So I could slide almost literally two, two guys in left field, one to center. You know, Drew, when you explain which, that. Which is kind of interesting. I'm sorry, not to, but when you're explaining that, you know, in my mind, who popped in my head was Tony Gwynn. If he would have had this, but see what I'm saying is it's it's got to teach players how to. Yes, they did that. I read a great book on Ted Williams. He was the original guy that team shifted on because he pulled everything, and you know what? He adapted. He overcame. He he started beating the shift, and they, after about a year, but they stopped. But isn't that called hitting? Yeah, well, that's, and, and that's yeah. why he was the greatest hitter that ever lived. Well, I mean, except except the shift in the modern game hasn't resulted in people doing what Ted did. It's resulted in people swinging for the fences that's, and slowing the game down. But that's what the game wants. Yes, because last year, uh, I, I heard this this morning, 40% of, I mean, with all the home runs, 40% of the, uh, I think the scoring was due to home runs. Forty percent. Yeah, that's high. Mm-hmm. It's it's you'll never see a you'll never see a bun anymore. You'll never yeah. see a hit and run. Yeah. It's it's the game is it's it's home run derby now. Well, I like that. I like how they did the bases, kind of prevent in, uh, yeah. the injuries. But you know what I also like, and you mentioned this about starting about a, I think a year ago when we were doing the show, but mm-hmm. you mentioned we're. We can start off with like a strike or a ball or something, or, or kind of speed up the game. You came up with some ideas. I like this idea though. With the clock, I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It's going to speed it up. I really do. It and and it is. And I've heard a lot of major league baseball analysts that I trust say this is going to bring us back to the way the game yes. used to be, mm-hmm. when pitchers worked fast, not because they had to, just because that's 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 who they were. It's going to be interesting to see which pitchers adapt quickly to this, and which pitchers start to take advantage of this. Because remember, the pitch clock is not just for the pitcher, it's for the batter too. Yeah. It's forcing the batter to do things that some batters aren't okay with. So it's going to force the batters off their, you know, on the backs of their heels. So it's, it's I'm interesting. excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm I mean, gonna... I'm a, I'm an avid baseball fan. I go to a lot of the missions games. I'll tell you, there were times I'm seventh inning and I'm just kind of squirming in my seat. Yep. Spring, spring training games, two and a half hours. I think they've done something with, um, Extra innings, too, where... Reinstituted the uh, ghost runner. Or not the ghost runner, the actual runner on second base. So yeah. that, that'll, that'll speed the game up. I'm excited There's for some baseball. positive changes. Well, I'll tell you who's getting in on the uh, baseball action is all these venues, man. They're going direct to consumer now. Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Peacock. You're going to pay to watch the game. And uh, which kind of sucks because... I know what's going to happen. I watch enough baseball that every Sunday night, you know who I'm going to see on ESPN every Sunday night? 
The Red Sox and the Yankees. The Red Sox and the Yankees. The Red Sox and the Yankees. Or the Dodgers. The Dodgers and the Yankees. The Dodgers and the Yankees. But but then spend money to go watch that out-of-market game. And, and remember, baseball is, in the regular season, baseball is very much a regional game. So, and we, we've moved around a lot. So you have people that grew up in Ohio, people that grew up in Jersey. And there's no way on TV I'm going to see the Mets play. And I, I hate the Yankees. They could go down in a radioactive cinder for all I care. But I'm never going to see the Mets play on South Texas t- television. Correct. But I may spend my hard-earned dollars for the MLB package so I can watch my Mets. And that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. They're going to have a good team this year. Well, the reliever went down, unfortunately. Was it the reliever, Bob? Yeah. The, the Puerto Rican guy? Yeah, but they still Let's have, see. didn't they oh, sign yeah, they uh, players. Verlander? And Scherzer. Max Scherzer. Yeah, I know. There's a team to watch. As long as those guys can stay healthy, they, they can if still If we can just heat. cut through it all and just say, who do you see in the World Series? Uh, it's because I wrote it down. That's why I was asking. Um, I have the Padres playing the Astros this year with the Padres winning. I'm just kind of cutting yeah. through it all. No, okay. know, I haven't even formulated a, an opinion yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at some stuff. and Can I get back with you on that one? Please. And then, Bob, I think you're going to go with the Mets. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, go with the Mets till August. Oh, uh, yeah, they're, they're good though, man. Yeah, I know but, they lost. I know the pitch, but they're good. Yeah, but the Mets. What was that year? Uh, was it '68 or '69 where the Mets had like a ten-game lead with '68 with like eleven to play or something? You mean like a couple of years ago? <laughs> it's like yearly. True. Come no, on, it's 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 the book on the Mets. But well, they had that magical year in '69, didn't they? When they won it all. The yeah, it was Mets. also a magical year in '86. '86 also. They had a good team. They should have won. They should have won a lot of World Series. When I looked at that roster, wow. You well, know, I like the Mets. I really do. I like the Mets. Yeah. I like San Diego. Why the Mets were in the Yankees? Oh, I hate the Yankees. I hate the, everyone hates the Yankees. Everyone hates them. Well, not everybody. <laughs> and if you like the Yankees, guess what? Every Sunday night, you get to watch them watch the Red Sox for the next four months. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, let's get off this. <laughs> did, we, did we pick who's going to win the uh, Final Four? I have UConn winning it. Yeah, I mean, UConn. UConn. Whoever wins that Miami-UConn game, although they are saying that FAU has a great team, but I don't think they're good scorers. San Diego State, their defense is oof, solid. I mean, how can you how can you overlook Miami? They beat Houston, beat Texas, and not and not in a minor way. Yeah. They beat Houston. Yeah, they came back on Texas, who was up by I think thirteen with eleven to go. Thanks, Bob. But, but I still say if, Houston, <laughs> if Texas and Miami play each other 10 times, Texas, Texas wins eight of them. Yeah. Uh, Miami was absolutely perfect in the last six, seven minutes of that game. I, their free throw percentage was through the roof. Their field goal percentage was through the roof. They just couldn't miss. And I don't see them being perfect against UConn. Why not? I see UConn win that game fairly handily. The spread's five and a half. Spread is five and a half. Um, I guess if I had a... If I had a weapon to my head, I'd probably take UConn. Um, I think FAU is a better team, which, you know, gosh, Houston has to be like, really, you know, really? <laughs> we just got the, the the championship game, and what kind of fan base <laughs> does FAU have? And I know UConn's won a couple titles, but 
That kind of sucks for the host team. Do, do y'all know where city? FAU is is out of? Florida. Florida uh, Atlantic. Uh, where where in Florida? What's the city? Oh, uh, let me see. Boca, no, no, no. Boca Raton. Boca Raton. <laughs> yes. hey, what is the largest demographic in Boca Raton? <laughs> yes. Retired, Retired old people. people our age. So so we have to make sure we have ramps. <laughs> so they can get the walkers up, you know, yeah. make sure, make sure we have a rabbi at the game because probably a pretty big Jewish population there too. And let me tell you something, unless you played shuffleboard in Boca Raton on a Sunday morning, you ain't living. Oh my God. Talking about pickleball, pickle slam this weekend. Yeah. Have you seen oh, that? Yeah. Pickle slam. I was going to go to that, but I injured I'm my not back. slamming my pickle. <laughs> <laughs> do every night. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, they got McEnroe, who, uh, who's adamant about it's not a sport, it's not a sport, but I'm going to play it. But you know what? I think these guys will come around and realize it's a sport that an old broken white guy like me can play versus tennis and be competitive with the young kids. Yeah, so I can go out there with the 25-year-olds and beat them in pickleball. Tennis, no way. If cornhole is a sport, then pickleball. Is Pickleball a is a cool, yes. fun sport, and they're doing it at the Hard Rock Casino. I think Agassiz's on board. Yeah. McEnroe. That's cool. Yeah I, yeah. I think they'll come around, but I realize their first love's tennis, and quite frankly, so is mine. And okay. if I could still play tennis, I would. What's the over-under during Picket Slam before McEnroe makes fun of himself for always arguing shit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. That... At this point, they're... They're going to have fun. They're going to argue calls and argue serious. That's what's so and, cool about it. I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. It's, and then, it's, it's going to be on ESPN, I believe. Mm-hmm. When, when is that? Saturday? Sunday. 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 Yeah, Sunday. I'm going to watch it. That'll and here cool. in San Antonio, we're actually started today with a little bit of rain, but we have the uh, TPC. Um, oh, that starts today. Starts today. And the winner of that Immediate gets an automatic bid there. for the uh, Masters, which is next week. Yeah. They'll be getting up at uh, five in the morning tomorrow to, for which right across the street and they've already blocked off all the roads so if you have to leave that area you have to take the right lane go all the way down and then circle around to get through traffic up there well that's also the the south texas highway system of taking the right lane <laughs> do the turnaround yeah. wait i need to go there oh you need to go five miles up the road before you can do the turnaround and i know this right but then i still pull up to the officer right and i uh, i live right here i live right here go around but <laughs> I live right here. And he's like, I don't care. Go around. Get out of the car. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Valero Classic. I've been at the Valero. I've I've walked it. If you get a chance, it's a lot of fun. It's beautiful. Hurt yourself near a par three and just watch these. It's it's just dropping darts. It's amazing. Oh, talking about dropping darts. Did you see Rory McIlroy's drive during the WGC up in Austin? I missed it. Par four. Shorter par four. Flew that ball 300 some odd yards, flew it in the air, hits the front of the green, rolls. It's within inches of the cup, off the tee. We, we, we've talked about lengthening the course. I mean, I don't know what Jeff's thoughts are on it. He does a show with us. But, you know, I think they need to redesign golf courses now with a lot more dog legs, where you've got to use maybe a three wood off the tee, a three iron. You can't blast it, uh, you know, like he just did. And I know that uh, Tiger's in some design courses with a couple of uh, other pro athletes. But, you know, I'm all about more dog legs. And it's not driver and blast every hole. They've lengthened for the, we'll talk about the Masters. 
they've lengthened the part 13 this year for that. But, yeah, have some more dog legs. Get the driver out of their hand. Let's have some more pot belly bunker in the fairways, you know, where you're penalized. I mean, really penalized if you hit it in a bunker. Yeah, but remember, remember golf courses, if you're a member of Augusta, which I'm not, you can go and play the same course that these pros play. So how, how do you design a course that is fitting for me and you that is also fitting for a pro? How, I mean, how do you make well, that it? would be very easy. So uh, you can move, you can have different tee boxes. No, so, I, I mean, that's what we do. So that's for, what we yeah, have. So for an amateur like us, if they really make it tough, have the tee box a hundred yards ahead of the pro tee box or 300 yards. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, that would be the quickest fix, but you know, the players have actually, they've outgrown the courses, literally. Uh, having said that, Scheffler's the favorite at eight to one. Some models no surprising. have, some models have John Rahm. Yep. Rory McIlroy's still up there. And, and the, I mean, the live, the live tour players don't want, don't want this to be the narrative, but this is going to be the narrative. How do the live players fare against PGA players? What, what is that? You know, do, do we get a live player that wins this thing? Cause they're, I think the highest one is Cam Smith. Yeah. I don't think we do. I don't think they're trying. I don't think the live tour is battle testing these players. I, I, when you don't have a cut, when you don't have to, you know, kill or eat what you kill. Yeah. I'm sorry. It takes the edge off and golf is a game of edge. We'll see how they respond to the pressure. Well, if you want to make an easy thousand dollars for the masters, well, I shouldn't say easy. If you want to risk 20 to win a thousand, risk $20 to win a thousand, bet on Tiger Woods. He's 55 to one. I wouldn't bet on Tiger. I mean, he's sentimental, but I wouldn't bet on him. 20 bucks. Just, I like my pizza. (laughs) I'll eat some pizza. So anyway, either you guys seen John Wick four yet? No, no, we're I talking haven't. about that. Maybe we <laughs> lots, lots and lots of dead bodies. Movie is a sport. <laughs> wow. That is... Is it better than three, two, or one? In my mind, it is the best one since the first oh, one. Oh, man. Uh, I got stuff to do today. The, it is long. Oh, we're but, talking about the movie. But it doesn't feel long. Well, we're still talking about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're talking about... you. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, no. We're not going down that road. <laughs> no, it, it, it is long. For me, it's... It, it's the action is is much more um, beautifully shot. It is it is a more beautiful movie than the first one. It is more artistic than the first one. The first one is special because it's a very simple story. Yeah, guy guy gets his dog killed. Oh yeah, man, come on. Yeah, and then and then has a dead wife and and all that stuff. This one there's a whole lot more layers on it, but it is glorious. They have one shot where they're fighting through no, don't a tell house. Us. No, I and and the cinematography to shoot that scene is it, it is mind blowing, okay. mind blowing. I want to see um, Champions with Woody Harrelson. Of course you do. It's kind of comedic, you know. <laughs> do, you, do you know the premise, the storyline? Oh yeah. That one? So apparently he's uh, as part of his probation, he has to go and do community service where he. He coaches, um, is it high school, um, disability, kids with disabilities? I think it's just a Special Olympics team. <laughs> yeah. But they said it's pretty, it's heartwarming, it's entertaining, it's funny. I hope so. I mean, I, 
I, I'm hit and miss with Woody Harrelson. I, some of those he movies. Needs, he needs something good right now. He does. Some of those movies, if they're done right, are good. I just, the, the balance beam that you have to walk for the subject matter before it gets too schmaltzy and too exploitative of those yeah, I'm that, sure Hollywood those took kids. that all into effect. I'm sure they did. Which is okay. That's fine. What other movies are out there? Well, we have that air one that's coming out um, next week. Yep. It'll be interesting to, to see how that one's put together. I know that uh, allegedly the story is Michael Jordan was very adamant that Viola Davis be one of the leads in that movie. It's another Brad Pitt or not Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck movie. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I'm kind of more, more intrigued by watching Tetris tomorrow. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons are coming out. Dungeons and Dragons. Well, I'll tell you a movie that might be 20 years from now, and that'll be the LeBron James story with Bronny, who had a pretty good game in the McDonald's All-American. He's pretty good. Is he NBA material? Yeah, he is. People are saying, eh, He is. I mean, and considering the talent that's in the NBA right now, man, you got a lot of people that, you know, play off the bench, come off the bench, and uh, Bronny can hang. He can play. He can play his own. He'll be good. That should be fun. Watch his career develop. Well, Bob's giving me that thousand-yard stare. I have a thousand-yard stare? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why don't we wrap it up with something we haven't done in a while? Some sports trivia. One and done. This isn't, uh, you don't get a participation trophy. If you lose, you're out. I apparently didn't bring myself back any cards from over there, so you're going to have to, um, somebody's going to have to answer me my questions. Did you, did you, well, okay, we'll yeah. do that. Actually, here, I'll, I'll hand it. I'll hand it to you, Bob. Hold on. I'll, I'll come over there. Oh, yes. Okay, so uh, we're going to choose between baseball, basketball, football, and baseball. And we're going to ask each of, or each one of us uh, a question. And then why don't we, gonna, Since we got baseball, why don't we just go baseball? All baseball? We can go do all baseball, baseball yeah. And then uh, we'll do a... A lightning round to determine a winner. You want me to go first? Mm-hmm. Right. Go first. I'll go to you, Max. Uh-huh. A runner from first slides safely into second during a hit and run attempt, which we talked about will never happen again. Mm-hmm. The second baseman who stepped on second after the runner slid in safely, then throws the ball into the stands trying to retire the batter. Place the runners correctly. But that's 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 too convoluted. I'm gonna do something easier. That one's easy. It's second and third. I thought it was third and first. The runner who had reached second is awarded home, and the batter gets second. Okay, second and home. Okay, Bob's out. Okay. All right, one more. That's <laughs> okay. not as. Uh, oh, yeah. With two outs and the runner on first and second, the batter hits an inside the park home run. Yes, they all come home. The runner that was on second missed third. And during an appeal play is called out. How many of the runs count? Want to repeat that one? Yes. With two outs and runners on first and second, the batter hits an inside the park home run. Mm -hmm. The runner that was on second missed third. And during an appeal, the play is upheld. He's called out. How many of the runs count? It's two, but I want to say three, two. None. 
None. So I guess the play is null and void when <laughs> when the run when, when the runner was ahead cause, of because the runner missed third, even though the runner oh, okay. on third scored. Okay, that's an interesting fact. I yeah. never knew. All right, this one's for I would have thought one would have at least. Yeah, okay. yeah. This one's for Bob. In order to give his starting pitcher additional warm up time, the manager of the home team tells the umpire his team will bat first. If if this is agreeable with the other team, is this allowed? God, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> Interesting. I've but never... that, that, that I'm sure there is some archaic rule out there that allows it. Sure, it's allowable. No, before 1950, <laughs> the home team had its choice, but the rule now states that the home team must bat last. And the reason I thought that, because I would have thought at least one team might have tried that before. Yeah. Man, so all I got to do is answer a question for the win. Yep. Okay, baseball. We're going to do... Baseball been very, very good to me. Okay, there's a runner on third. The pitcher is off the rubber as he delivers a pitch to the batter who swings and misses it. The umpire sees this. He makes a ruling. What is the ruling? Oh. To me, that would be a ball in the runner from third scores. Yep, you're right. Okay, guys. That's why baseball is <laughs> my first time. That was an easy question. If, if the necessarily. Yes, it was. <laughs> what, what if the batter had gotten a hit? I think the batter would have been called out and the runner would have counted the score. Nope. Batter had gotten a base hit. It would have counted nullifying the balk. Huh. Interesting. Though. So if you get a hit during a balk, it counts as a hit. Yeah. Though, though I wonder how this works. Either of you guys watching even a little bit of Banana Ball, the crazy Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals? Oh, I've heard about that, but no. Some of the crazy crap these guys do. No, but I've been watching that college thing, Blue Bluestone College. Oh, Blue, Blue Mountain State? <laughs> Mountain State. Have you watched Blue Mountain State? No, I haven't watched that. It's it's Animal House on steroids. <laughs> it is. It is with a with a backdrop of football. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have Final Four coming up this weekend. We have yeah. a little bit of Masters coming up. We all agree on up. UConn. No, I don't agree on Who UConn. Do you take? I'm going to take Miami. I'm yeah. going I'm to roll with the hot hand. So you're but you're essentially we're saying whoever wins the UConn Miami game wins the entire deal. Then no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I just ask you who you thought was going to win the entire tournament. Okay, fine, but I mean, I st- I mean, you're discounting FAU and San Diego State. Who I think here here's the interesting thing, and and for everyone who's listening or watching, who wants NCAA basketball the way it was when you were growing up, because I know you all are geriatrics listening to us, <laughs> it's never going to happen again. This is the way NCAA basketball is going to be for the long foreseeable future. Teams are going to come up mid mid seeded teams because none of these teams are afraid of anyone. You're a number one seed. It doesn't mean bupkis. Go out there and play. With the portals the way that they are, these teams. I mean, they got they, a lot of them have the, all these uh, upperclassmen, seniors and juniors that have played together for three or four years. So. Well, having said that, uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We will catch you next week. We will be around until then. Oh, and we are out. I- Thank you.